Hi, I'm Edwin. And I'm Andrew. Sound the battle cry. Two men, 15 minutes, eternal impact. Welcome to Text Talk. For the Lord, gird your armor on, stand firm, everyone. Rest your Hey, Andrew. Edwin, how are you doing today? I am fantastic. I'm glad that we're getting to talk about the Psalms another day. Me too. We're looking at Psalm 34 this week, and I have the New Jerusalem Bible here. Go for it. I'm going to read from it. Here's our heading of David. When he had feigned insanity before Abimelech, and Abimelech sent him away. Psalm 34, verse 1. I will bless Yahweh at all times. His praise continually on my lips. I will praise Yahweh from my heart. Let the humble hear and rejoice. Proclaim with me the greatness of Yahweh. Let us acclaim his name together. I seek Yahweh, and he answers me, frees me from all my fears. Fix your gaze on Yahweh, and your face will grow bright. You will never hang your head in shame. A pauper calls out, and Yahweh hears, saves him from all his troubles. The angel of Yahweh encamps around those who fear him and rescues them. Taste and see that Yahweh is good. How blessed are those who take refuge in him. Fear Yahweh, you his holy ones. Those who fear him lack for nothing. Young lions may go needy and hungry, but those who seek Yahweh lack nothing good. Come, my children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of Yahweh, who among you delights in life longs for time to enjoy prosperity. Guard your tongue from evil, your lips from any breath of deceit. Turn away from evil and do good. Seek peace and pursue it. The eyes of Yahweh are on the upright. His ear turned to their cry. But Yahweh's face is set against those who do evil, to cut off the memory of them from the earth. They cry in anguish, and Yahweh hears, and rescues them from all their troubles. Yahweh is near to the brokenhearted. He helps those whose spirit is crushed. Though hardships without number beset the upright, Yahweh brings rescue from them all. Yahweh takes care of all their bones. Not one of them will be broken. But to the wicked, evil brings death. Those who hate the upright will pay the penalty. Yahweh ransoms the lives of those who serve him, and there will be no penalty for those who take refuge in him. So another translation that uses Yahweh again and yeah, again. Yeah, like and the again. Lexan the other day. Right. And yeah. that that actually reminds me of something I, I meant to share with you yesterday, and I forgot in that conversation where we were talking about tasting and seeing that the Lord, tasting and seeing that Yahweh is Yahweh. Good. Sure. This and but I think this kind of ties together several of the conversations that we've had, especially the very first one where we highlight that David is messing up royally, and yet Yahweh delivers him. The hero of the story is Yahweh. The hero of the story is the Lord. Even back in 1 Samuel 21, the hero Mm -hmm. of the story is the Lord. Even though in that little paragraph, the Lord is not mentioned, he is the hero. This psalm makes it clear, though. There's 22 verses, 16 of them name Yahweh. And it really comes out when you have it as Yahweh. 16 of these 22 verses name 
Yahweh. One of the other six refers to him with a pronoun. Uh, the the five where he's not mentioned are, of course, just explanations of things about yeah. Yahweh. But it's still, yeah. it's it's amazing. More than 75% of these verses name Yahweh. Why? Yeah. He is the hero. He is the hero. He is God. And one of the things that comes through as well, uh, not quite as repetitive, I guess, as Yahweh in this psalm, but the word fear Mm. and the idea of fear, I think we're supposed to be learning from this psalm something about fearing Yahweh, fearing the Lord. I I read in... um... Bullock's commentary. He th- he felt like one of the great filters that we could place on this psalm that we would think about this is mm-hmm. uh, a line from a very famous song that we commonly sing from John Newton's Amazing Grace. Was twas grace that taught my heart to fear, and fear. grace my fears relieved. Uh, mm-hmm. For him, that th- that coupling there was a great illustration of this psalm, or this psalm kind of is an expansion of that idea, because we find both. Grace mm-hmm. teaches me to fear the Lord, and because I fear the Lord, I have nothing to fear. Grace does both of those mm-hmm. things, and this psalm uh, really highlights that. By the way, it takes us back to David's royal mess up because he was fearing the Philistines and Abimelech, and it caused him to deceive. And really, what he needed to do was fear the Lord. To the John Newton uh, quote, look at Psalm 34, verse 4 I sought the Lord, and he heard me and delivered me from all my fears. Mm-hmm. Where we begin is this promise of delivering from all my fears. Uh, three verses later in verse 7. I am supposed to fear. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm supposed to fear the Lord. The angel of the Lord encaps all around all who fear him and delivers them. You know, Edwin, it, it seems like something today that for Christians, I, I mean, I can't just speak for all, but maybe for myself, I, I kind of live in this tension. Am I supposed to fear the Lord? Am I not supposed to fear the Lord? Do I start out fearing the Lord, but then I get away from fearing the Lord? Um, it seems like we're just uncomfortable with this idea of fearing the Lord. Let's not miss any of the things this psalm says. Verse 9, Oh, fear the Lord, you his saints, for those who fear him have no lack. Then in verse 11, Come, O children, listen to me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. I, I mean, it's it's about mm-hmm. fearing the Lord. Uh, yeah. We need to, and it, there's no indication that that's supposed to go away. There's no, all right, I'm going to convert you to the Lord with fear, but as you mature, you're going to, you're not going to fear the Lord. This, this yeah. is, this is something that governs the saint's life because the one who fears the Lord has no lack. Now the young lions, the kings right. of the jungle, they lack, but the Lord's sheep, the sheep the of the one true king who fear the shepherd and the Lord, they don't lack anything. Well, I think this is huge. I think it's huge, and we ought to think through it a little bit, okay? Because I, I get uh, a message sometime, and I, I hope I've not said it, uh, but, you know, a message sometime that, that somehow there is this, uh, you know, um, contrast between love and fear, and these things should not go together. Uh, in my relationship with God Almighty, I guess, you know, the, the more I study, the more I see, well, that's not right. I'm, I shouldn't lose my fear of the Lord. 
You, you got something to that? Yeah, I, I know we don't have time to dig into this. This would probably take an entire sermon all on its own. But here's what I recommend to you and, and everyone else listening on this. I think the distinction is, is that we today think of love and fear as just natural emotions, mm-hmm. re- reactionary emotions, because God is yeah. so amazingly good. And when I really understood how good he was, I couldn't help but have the emotion of love. And so mm-hmm, when I think mm-hmm. about love and fear as emotions, well, what's what kind of things produce the emotion of fear? Well, if God were mean, if God yeah, were bad, were, things. yeah, you know, if he were punitive, if he's like the dad who comes home and you never know, is he going to yell at me and beat me or is he going to feed me dinner? Well, that would cause the natural reaction of fear, the fear, natural emotional yeah. reaction of fear. And so then we see love and fear as opposites in the right. Bible. It seems to me they are focused not on the emotion, but on the action. Mm. And when, when you just just run a concordance search sometime for love and fear and notice how often the actions that accompany loving the Lord and fearing the Lord are the exact same actions, yeah. which would demonstrate that love and fear are not opposites. They're actually yeah. very similar. Yeah, they're complementary. And I might even recommend starting that study in the book of Deuteronomy. You really mm. see those connections there. But, you know, uh, you were telling me before the mics went hot about something you read the other day that I thought was fantastic. And if we got a minute here, you want to share it with us? Well, sure. Yeah, yeah. So one of the things, of course, that we're all concerned about is what is this fear? And very often we start defining it. And, um, you know, I think we castrate it. And I was reading from Dale Ralph Davis in his book, In the Presence of My Enemies. Now, I will I will point out that this quote I'm going to read actually was in uh, was in his comments on uh, Psalm 33. But I think it really fits here. So he was referring to Psalm 33 and verse 8, but really any place we see this fear of the Lord, here's what he says. Please, don't anyone spout nonsense like, this doesn't mean we should be afraid, just that we should have reverence. No, you should be afraid. You should feel dread. It should intimidate you. Seeing his work in creation should buckle your knees, and then it may produce reverence. But don't try to bypass the fear and trembling with your canned pastel explanations. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> so so here's this fellow as he's studying and he recognizes, no, th- this is really talking about fear of the Lord. This is recognizing yeah. the power of the Lord. This is understanding what happens when I decide not to fear the Lord. I appreciate what you said there about understanding. One of the things said in Psalm 34, verse 11, children, listen to me, I will teach you the fear of the Lord, Uh, teach you a proper knowledge and understanding of him. And to what you said a moment ago, teach you the appropriate actions in regard to the Lord in light of those things. This is where we find the connection of fear and wisdom. Mm. The scripture Mm. demonstrates again and again and again in Psalm 111 and verse 10 and Proverbs 1 and verse 7, Proverbs 9 and verse 10. It just says the fear of the Lord is is the beginning of wisdom. In Proverbs 15 and verse 33, it says the fear of the Lord is instruction in wisdom. For some reason in our modern day, we think the idea of fear means responding in in cowering terror. The Lord is coming. And so I'm going to go hide in my closet and pull the mattress over my head uh, and in hopes that he'll miss me and, and pass on to the next house. 
the fascinating thing is that is never the response of the biblical writers, though they talk about fear. Here's what David mm-hmm. says fearing the Lord looks like. And by the way, he says he's going to teach it, which means that actually fearing the Lord properly is a skill. It's something mm-hmm. you learn. It's not a natural reaction. So he says, I'm going to teach you yeah. how to fear the Lord. Here's what it actually looks like. Verse 13 and 14. Keep your tongue from evil, your lips from speaking deceit, turn away from evil and do good, seek peace and pursue it. So today we have the idea that fearing the Lord would mean running away from him. David recognizes yeah. that fearing the Lord actually means running to him. Being like him and, and living in light of that. That's mm-hmm. really great. That's really great. I was meditating on some of those things and it, it hit me when we're reading the Psalms, we're reading so much of David, the man after God's own heart. We're reading the Proverbs, we're reading so much of Solomon, the wisest man who ever lived. And how when you think about being after God's heart and being so wise, there's there's not such a huge difference between those two things. Mm-mm. When you appreciate that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Yes. The beginning of knowledge. Yes. We appreciate all of you who've shared in the conversation and have listened. Send us an email. Let us know what you're learning. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org. Text talk at christiansmeethere.org is the email address. Edwin, uh, would you please lead us in a word of prayer? Holy Lord God, we recognize that today there's a cultural struggle with the idea of fear. We know, Lord, that you are not a terror to those who fear you. And so may we fear you, Lord, so that we do not have to have fear of you and your judgment, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for being our refuge. Thank you for being the one that judges and avenges and brings judgment against those who hate your people. And Lord, may we always be those who love you, who love your people, who love your wisdom, who fear you, who pursue peace and goodness and honesty. May we magnify your name. We love you, Lord God. Thank you for loving us first. Through your son, Jesus, we pray. Amen. Amen. Thanks for talking about the text with us today. I'm Edwin Crozier, and I'd like to invite you to join the Christians who meet on Livingston Avenue in Lutz, Florida, this Sunday for our Bible classes and worship. You can find out more at christiansmeethere.org. Check out our daily written devotional that goes along with today's episode. You can find a link for it in our show notes. Michael Eldridge sang all four parts of our theme song. You can get more from him at acapeldridge.com. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review Text Talk in your favorite podcast app so others can find it and learn about it more easily. Have a fantastic day. Steady, steady, pass the word along. Onward, forward, shout aloud, Hosanna. Christ is captain of the mighty throne.